This is Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. Our heart for you is that you will live like Jesus and share His love. Well, good morning. Good morning, everybody. Episode eight. It is episode Episode eight. eight. Yeah. I was thinking this morning. Yeah, it's two months that we've been uh, back at it. Back in the saddle. Yeah. And it's been good. It has been good. It's been going by really fast. We were both saying last week how we don't want to let anybody else on the podcast because we just like doing it. <laughs> it's true. We talked about it. We talked yeah, about like, like hey. mixing it up a little bit. Like, hey, let's like cycle other people through. Yeah. It's like, oh, but I don't know. I don't know if I want. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. We might. We might yeah. still bring other people in. Uh, Super fun. So this morning, Kinsey, coffee. Kinsey, uh, Kinsey asked. <laughs> Oh, he did. He's like, hey, because like at, at church this morning, we started at seven thirty this morning at the church decorating for Christmas, Ooh. and Kinsey and I froze our buns off hauling in Christmas trees from the barn, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I'm leaving. I was like, hey, I gotta go shoot a podcast, and Kinsey's like, do you do you guys need help? And you guys, <laughs> he's trying to get out of Christmas uh, right. decorations. We're not we're not exactly what you would call uh, decorative experts, no, of any kind. So. And I was not at that 7 a.m. meeting. <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry. sorry. You're probably a bit warmer than we are uh, yes. still. So. Yes. But we got a warm cup of coffee. We do. We so have, we're getting warm. We what have are warm we, coffee. What are we drinking? Uh, we are going to go ahead and uh, tell the, the good viewers and listeners, this is Onyx Coffee Labs again out of Arkansas. This is their Southern Weather Blend. Okay. Last week, now we we were drinking an Onyx blend last week, yes, right. But that was a tropical, tropical, a tropical blend, and that yep. was super sweet. It was. This is a little uh, more nutty, I feel like. Uh, so this is from Colombia, San Antonio, Colombia, and Ethiopia, Nanogenji. It's a washed process grown at eighteen hundred and fifty meters. The cupping was milk chocolate, plum, candied walnuts, juicy. And a citrus finish. All, oh, all I'm getting is that's, the, is the chocolate. <laughs> I I would I would agree with that. Chocolate. You get you get a little bit of that chocolate. What? No, the citrus finish is definitely there. How? Okay, here's my question. And this, I I'll, I'll be honest. I always kind of made fun of, which you know, you, that's not a very Christian thing to do. Make fun <laughs> of people, but like these people that like. These wine people. Or the IPA guys. That are like, yeah. oh, it's got like an oaky bleh. And it's like, you don't have taste buds for oak. Like that's not in that's not in the mix. How do you know that that tastes like oak? Have you ever eaten a piece <laughs> of oak? <laughs> oh yeah, you know what this tastes like? It tastes like wine. Uh, so there's there's nobody. nothing better to follow up what you're talking about is have you seen the Parks and Rec episode? Uh, I've seen I've seen all of them. It's okay. been a little while, so you're gonna okay. Have to... When April bombs the wine tasting something or other, and she's like, "It smells like socks," or no, no, it, it tastes like <laughs> socks soaked in cat urine in a tub, and she keeps a perfectly straight face. I love. It. There's a comedian, oh and I'm gosh. totally drawing a blank on his name. Alex somebody, Alex somebody, but he does a whole bit kind of making poking fun. fun of the whole wine tasting it, thing. it should be yeah. and i mean it's it's great if i get if i could think of his last name i'll post the link he does it's a at least the one that i saw it was a clean pretty clean yeah comedy set okay uh cool so yeah but he he kind of pokes fun at that and it's it's 
pretty humorous. So I like the clean humor. What's what's the one guy? Uh, Hot Pockets guy. Oh, Jim Gaffigan. Jim Gaffigan. I, I really like his stuff. He's good too. There's some stuff like Brian Reagan. He's got yeah, yeah. he's got some yeah. some clay stuff. I love his yeah. his sketch though about school and spelling. Have you seen that one? I have not. Many much moosin. No, you've not seen that. <laughs> no, that sounds <laughs> good. Uh, I'll have to I'll have to pull it up when we're done when we're done shooting. But yeah, that's hilarious. I always liked like growing up in church world. Right, yeah. Ken Davis. He was like one of these Christian comedians. Okay. I, I always, I, I always loved uh, his stuff. Well, you got Tim Hawkins. He's yeah, a more Tim Hawkins. One. Yep. Uh, John Christ. He's yep. kind of like made a huge name for himself. He has, and he kind of came back from all that, you know, yeah, controversy. Fallout. Yeah, you yeah. Know, he had some problems. It's cool that he that he confessed and kind of got square. And and what's the one? There's another guy. One of our clients actually had them out for a. A uh, comedy show. Uh, African American Christian. Community. So you've got uh, Michael Junior. That's it. Michael That's it. Junior. He's he's funny. Yes. So yeah, one yeah. of the churches we work for, Water Springs Church, out in um, are they in Utah? Somewhere out there. They actually hosted him for uh, a concert, or what do you call it? A show? Yeah, a show. yeah just like a comedy yeah, yeah, yeah. show. Yeah, comedy show. Yeah. So hey, if you've got a uh, a favorite clean yeah. comic. Go ahead and post that in the in the comments if you're watching this on YouTube. Uh, yes. Otherwise, you can just, if you see us in person on a weekly basis, let us know who your favorite clean comic is. Yeah, Dave Chappelle is so, not one of them. Uh, that no. is correct. No. Dude, I was blown away. I was blown away. I, so we're getting... <laughs> We're only, just, we're only six minutes oh, in. So we're, so we're, we're, we're normally, okay. Normally we shoot the breeze for like seven. Yes. So, and then, 60 so, seconds. So we'll be all right. <laughs> um, I remember growing up, like watching like, family fun movies right and you've got robin williams dude i watched his comedy act one time oh, i'm like oh robin williams yeah. he's funny like we're we're two minutes in i'm like yeah i can't i can't i can't watch yes. this this is terrible yes. for the late 30s early 40s crowd uh everybody who watched um america's funniest videos do y'all y'all remember bob saget oh yeah well because the, the, <laughs> one of the best tv dads you know in on full, full house. house yeah he he is not clean or he yeah. was not. No, yeah, he died. Passed, now. passed away. Yeah. yeah, but my goodness. Yeah, his comedy was it was pretty raunchy. As somebody told me at one point that he rapped. He did like a rap album, and I, it was like oh, terribly no. like filthy. Oh, so, I, yeah. I really hope that didn't happen. I I don't I don't want I don't don't look it up because again if yeah. it's not yeah. probably something that lines up with Philippians four eight. <laughs> so, perfect segue there josh what about yesterday's service we really didn't have a message uh pastor ryan pastor brandon just kind of riffed on gratefulness yes um, and that's and that's kind of where yeah. we where we maybe go with this episode mm -hmm. right this uh for those of you that are watching or listening uh it's thanksgiving week yes here in the us of a mm -hmm. uh and so yeah they just talked a little bit about gratitude we sang that song that brandon lake song yes. gratitude um, and we put it in the context in yesterday's service of gratitude for all the things that God has done, particularly, right? Mm -hmm. we, we connected it with communion. Yes. And trying to sit in a space of, of, of just thankfulness for all that Christ has done mm -hmm. in that. Yeah. Um, but let's, let's, let's zoom out a little bit if, okay. you, if you're all right with it, JB. Yeah, yeah. And just talk about, I don't know that anybody considers this a discipline, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I would have to go look back through some foster stuff. Mm -hmm. But but let's let's talk about gratitude as if it were a discipline. How do you okay. like how do you incorporate that in your life? 
Yeah. So I know for me, there are people who do a gratitude journal, like a gratefulness journal, where they'll literally take, you know, pen and paper and they'll write down so many uh, things that they're grateful for. I know for me, and this is going to sound really, really weird, but for me, gratefulness actually usually is triggered by me being conscious of complaining. Like as I'm like getting in that, you know, like complaining about this, complaining about that, griping about this, griping about that. I'm like, you know, I need to get out of that sort of way of thinking and begin to dwell and meditate more on things that I'm thankful for and grateful for. And that fixes that attitude. And that's, and that's, and that's critical. I think, you know, we talked a week or so ago, I think it was a couple weeks now about contentment. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and yep. I think gratitude is a is a huge component of that. It is. But now, I mean, do you feel like you've got to the point though where it's like it's pretty automatic? Like you have that kind of complaining thought, or you make that comment. Is it like, oh no, I've got to pause. I've got to be gra- grateful. Yeah. Or like, oh. I wouldn't say it's like automatic. It's still a practice, or a, it's a discipline, definitely. And it's not as quick as I would like. Uh, sometimes but yes now it when you when you have that moment of kind of realization though like how how easy is it for you to shift your focus so maybe it doesn't come automatic Mm -hmm. but you have that you're griping Mm -hmm. about something right you know you're like no you know what i have to be i have to be grateful yeah how easily are you able to shift and like you know what man hey i'm really grateful for this i'm grateful mm-hmm. for this i'm grateful for this yeah i think it depends on the magnitude of the complaining <laughs> you know because sometimes when you're complaining about things it can be justified like they mm. could be real things that are not good that are struggles or difficulties in your life but it's how you perceive them so if i find that i'm leaning more towards it being a reality that i'm actually complaining about uh, it takes me a little bit longer because I feel justified in the complaining, mm. right? You feel feel like, oh, uh, you, I have a legitimate gripe here. Yes, like yes. Can, you know. But really, ultimately, and I feel like that was something that Ryan really kind of focused on yesterday was in the grand scheme of things, in the biggest sense of things, um, we don't have anything to complain about or to be ungrateful for. And you and I have talked about this in this podcast. We are the 1%. We are the 1%. Oh, yeah. Americans, we talk about the wealthy, you know, on Wall Street and so forth. Sure, they're very, and very- there are, Yeah, I mean, yes. there are billionaires out there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and so relative to that, you're like, I got nothing. Yep, you know? but, yep. But in relation to the world, the global population, which just surpassed 8 billion. Did you know oh, that, Josh? I did not know that. But they are projecting that population is actually going to decrease- in the next, uh, I think they said 25 years. Huh. Which, which is, is crazy because I thought COVID was supposed to kill half the world. E. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. No, nope, probably shouldn't have brought that up. Man. <laughs> but there are people in other parts of the country who are, or world, who are far more um, procreative, we'll, we'll say. Procreative. Yes. They're, they're a little bit more uh, uh, pro- procreative than, than Americans. Americans have reduced the amount of children that they're having progressively from the 50s, I think. You know, the boomers were the last generation where you saw a lot more. Now, you and I. Right. We're we're, we're, we're above average. We are very above average. <laughs> I have four. Josh has. I've got six. Yes. Yeah, six. Six. I mean, this 
we did our part, people. That's right. Anyway, yes. <laughs> That's we were right. talking about the 1%. Sorry, so I, got a, well, I told a side Which is actually really interesting. This past Thursday, I had the opportunity to go. Uh, one of our outreach partners, I read in life, Hope United. Yeah. Uh, they hosted and sponsored an event called COPE. Hmm. This is put up, there's a group called Think Tank, and mm-hmm. uh, they do this COPE, which stands for the Cost of Poverty Experience. So it's essentially it's a it's a poverty simulation. Mm-hmm. We had we had a there were a bunch of people in there, and uh, you you end up splitting into like twenty some different families, and you're each assigned various characteristics and wow. life situations, and then you have to navigate a month, in which they break it down into to four fifteen minute weeks, and you have to navigate wow. different situations. And it just highlights, man. If you if you don't have access to resources, life is hard. Like Very. life is really hard. Wow. So I was in my in my family, mm. right? I I I played the role of an eleven year old who had some a couple of different behavior issues and mm. stuff like that. And my wow. mom was a single mom, recovering addict. Like I mean, I mean, which is not an uncommon no story. No, it's not. Right? And in just the the amount of things that you had to do, what. What ended up happening, and I know that it wasn't like an actual week, but it still highlighted some pretty true things. Like we got to the end of the month and like they ask, they ask like, all right, hey, like it's been a month. How many of you forgot to go and get groceries or were unable to get groceries because you didn't have the money? Yeah. We went a month without any food. Which you would be dead. Which you, I mean, you can't you can't actually do that. Wow. And they're like, hey, how many of you like this month you you actually paid your utilities? We didn't have money to pay our utilities. I mean, I mean, yeah. and it just it was an eye opening experience. Yeah. So again, huge shout out to Hope United, one of our outreach partners for putting that on. Check uh, them out. What's their website? Uh, Hope United SJC. So St. Joe County. St. Joe County. SJC. Yep. Cool. Yeah. So, but yeah. Uh, it was it was just fantastic. If you ever have the opportunity to uh, participate in any sort of poverty simulation, mm-hmm. I would encourage you. Now, it wasn't like those hardcore ones where you like sleep out in a box. That's what I was thinking I mean, you I'm were no, going with. No. <laughs> the 24 I'm hour like, one. I'm like a total pansy yeah. uh, with that. I do not like to be cold. Yep. So. Preston Sprinkle on uh, his podcast, uh, Theology in the Raw, he talked about a poverty simulation like that where he actually went and they stayed overnight and it was cold. And I think, he, I thought he was like in, Buffalo or Rochester. Dude, some Buffalo just got like five feet of snow. Six feet, five inches. Oh, they six. Got. Okay, so that's even higher in than one what I snow. Thought. Yeah, if, I'm glad I don't live in Buffalo. If you're yes. watching and you're in Buffalo, yes, I'm, I'm sorry, sorry that you have to live there. <laughs> we are sorry. Yeah, yeah. We were complaining about the cold uh, this last weekend. We went to a football game outdoors. Dude, I saw the picture. It you looked, you looked frigid. So everything was warm except our feet. That was it. Our toes were cold, but otherwise, because we had those, you know, like the hunting things that All you the rub together. Warmers. Yeah, yeah. Those uh, whoever invented those. You didn't and, drop a pair in your shoes or anything. I tried, but I had too many pairs of socks on and wouldn't oh. fit. Like three pairs of socks. So, pro tip: we're gonna do the insole ones. They make these ones that have like a sticker on them, and you could stick them right to the bottom of your sock, and it's flat oh. and it's the size of your shoe. But That's brilliant. I think so too. Yeah, I think whoever invented those, you should get a Nobel Peace Prize. If Al Gore, we're really going sideways here. <laughs> Al Gore got a, a Nobel Peace Prize for inventing the internet, which that's 
Everything I just said is not true. He did get a Nobel Peace Prize. I don't know what it was for. Climate change, maybe? Well, yeah, because he was a pretty big proponent of, yeah. of well, the, environmental awareness and What's the movie? Change. The movie. Uh, an in, Inconvenient Truth. Inconvenient Truth, yeah. Anyway, if he got a Nobel Peace Prize, I think the person who invented hand warmers should as well, because it's dark magic, whatever it, whatever it That's is. Right. And if you have no idea what that is, because you don't live in Michigan or a cold state, then yeah. you should come visit us in January. Oh, maybe boy. Like, you know what? Yes, I will vote for that person that. Yes. Yes. So, um, so yeah, so gratitude, yes. gratitude. Uh, we're grateful right now that we have warm mm. coffee and that yes. we have uh, heat in this mm -hmm. room that we're in. Yeah. So yeah, because it's it's easy sometimes to take those things for granted. Yeah. But I really suck at gratitude. <laughs> okay. Right? And so that's that was one of the reasons I was curious that for you, like how easy it is. Actually, Tell me about that. I, so what I do, do I do a journal, right? Okay. And and in this journal, every day it has space where you write down three things you're grateful for. So it's like baked into the sheet. It's baked, yeah. So, oh, so okay. I use it's called a Kairos journal. Okay, really cool. cool. Like it it, it cool. gives you space for for scripture memory, for things that you're grateful for, for prayer, and then um, most important things probably something uh, like that. Well, and then like these Kairos moments that you have. Mm -hmm. Again, if you've been through our next steps experience or you've ever had a conversation with Pastor Brandon, like you, you've, <laughs> probably, you've probably heard about Kairos. He's got the tattoo. He's got he's, he's got, got like. So here's the thing. Old here's the thing. Uh, when you see Pastor Brandon, you ask him because we're not going to take time to do it now. No. Uh, ask him to show you his tattoo and explain the Kairos circle or Kairos moments. If you're not familiar with that uh, concept, it's he's a, into it. He's yeah. I mean, because yeah, it, yeah. it's it's a really cool tool. Yeah. It's a really cool tool. But that's not what our podcast. is So about. the journal. I thought I remember too. Doesn't it have like the most important things you got to do today kind of thing? No, so I do that. that. So that's, my, that's my planner. I, oh. I, do, oh, I do the Michael, I Michael do the Hyatt. Michael Hyatt. Okay. Yeah, that's that's my daily Did planner. you know that Michael Hyatt is Orthodox? He's Eastern Orthodox. I did not know that. I know. I knew that he was a believer. Yeah, yeah. I knew he was a Christian, but I just assumed he was mainline, you know, Protestant. Huh. But yeah, he is Eastern Orthodox. Cool. He's actually a leader. I don't know what they call it in the elder or... He's something like in leadership. So oh, he's gone okay. through like a whole thing because it's a big deal in Eastern Orthodox. But anyway, yeah, so in your journal, around. you have a space. Like what are some of the things that you well, you put in Well, but this is, this is where I say it. Like okay. I suck at is it. it blank? Is it? No, but but it, like I sit down and this is this is literally, where, but my brain is. Like oh, I okay, get to this okay. portion in the journal and I'm like, like what am I? Mm. What am I grateful for? And, and like, you don't want to do like the stereotypical, right? You go right. around the table at Thanksgiving. You don't want to be disingenuous. And, and all the kids are yeah, like, yeah. I'm grateful for food. Turkey. I mean, like, I, mean I, I am grateful for food. I'm grateful for my Xbox. Like, I, mean, I don't have an Xbox, but I mean, like, barely, your kids are grateful. You know, I mean, you take these things. I'm like, I don't know. Is that is that right. cheating? Right. To like, right. but maybe it's not. I don't know, so that's where I, I wrestle with. But it, like, I literally, I'll sit there sometimes and my brain is blank. Even though, like, I it's bloody cold outside oh my gosh and i'm sitting in a warm house and i've got you know three meals a day yep i've got a refrigerator full of food beautiful family a beautiful yeah yeah i mean so there are times where i'm like why is this so hard but it yeah but it seems to be it really is uh i think that gratefulness is is one of those things that is important because what we're actually doing is acknowledging that god's in control and that what we have is what we need oh, it's what oh. we you got some scripture. No, it. but this actually, you saying that, say that again, say that so again. I think that gratefulness is, it, it really is a way that we can acknowledge God is our provider. And when we're grateful for the things that we have, we're actually saying, God, you're King. And what I have is enough. It's what I need. Cause that's what he told us. 
He's like the sparrows. You don't see sparrows going around freaking out about what they they need, but yet God cares for them. The lilies of the field, how beautifully adorned they are. King Solomon in all of his glory didn't wasn't half as beautiful as one of these flowers that's out in the middle of the field. Maybe nobody even sees it. Um, I think it's a per- gratefulness is a perspective shift. See, now it's really interesting that you bring that passage up because that you know Jesus kind of wraps that up by saying, "Don't worry." Mm. Right about these gratefulness. Well, and and that's where I want I wanted okay. to go. So this was like the only thing that I kind cool. of had pre-planned. Cool. You, you just like you just softball like softballed it up. So Philippians four. I'm gonna read a couple of verses here. This is in the New Living Translation. Uh, I'm gonna read verses six and seven. It says, "Don't worry about anything." Is is it that easy, Paul? Thanks. <laughs> great, great advice. He says, "Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything." Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. You want to read, what do you got, CSB right there? Yeah, CSB, um, don't worry about anything, but in everything, but in everything, in the midst of everything, through prayer and petition, petition just meaning asking, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, I like this, the way this uh, phrases it, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. It's almost like Paul's saying that by being grateful, we are protecting our consciousness from being covetous, from saying, I need more. When we're grateful, the wants start maybe going away. Well, and and I, I want to tie it in because you know you you referenced that Matthew passage, right? Mm-hmm. But Maybe but I what it. I want to explore briefly with you, if you're all right with it, mm-hmm. the connection between worry mm. and gratitude. I yeah. have for those of you that are familiar with like the Enneagram, I'm mm-hmm. a, I'm a six, mm-hmm. you know, and like I my whole life I was just talking about this and discovered purpose yesterday, right? Like like I'm a I'm a I tend to be a fear driven person. Like I'm a, I'm a natural worrier. I'm a worst case scenario thinker, right? You know, my kids are like, Ooh, can I go do this? And I've thought of like 12 and that not sound morbid, but I've thought of like 12 different ways that my kid could die doing this thing, oh, you know, like <laughs> horrible. <laughs> so like, that's, that's kind of my, my default setting. And so, so th- there have been times where I, I read this passage and Paul says, Hey, don't worry about anything. I'm like, that's why I say like, okay, but wh- where's the off button, Paul? <laughs> But then he connects it to this idea of prayer and thanksgiving. Yeah. And and so I haven't figured out yet. And so if you have, I would love to hear from you. Yeah. What is what is the what is the connection between uh gratitude and and lack of worry? And maybe in I'm not a psychologist, right? And you're not either, but like no. maybe we can speculate how does that how does that connect to, if at all? Like so much, you know, we see so many people suffering from anxiety mm-hmm. in our culture. You really saw an uptick in this yes. back with COVID, right? We Clinically, about that we saw. It. Right. I mean, like, mm-hmm. like people's anxiety is yeah. through the roof. Yeah. Right? We had people that for two years, like didn't leave their house because yeah. they were, they were terrified they were going to get sick, mm-hmm. which made sense when, you know, we were told that it was going to kill half the world, yes. you know, but which it didn't. Just for the record, it, it didn't do that. Though a lot of people lost oh, there, their lives. There were, yeah, I mean, it, it was no joke. I no. had it once or twice. Like, it was 
Yeah. It was no joke. I made light of it early on. I was like, eh, sure. it's going to be like a cold. What's everyone yeah. freaking out about? I got it. And it was miserable. Tell was, tell the viewers and the listeners miserable. how, because this story, I tell people this story, how you kind of knew you had it. You went down to the basement and you. What was I doing? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yeah. How, kind of my. <laughs> this, this blew my, my mind. My litmus test. And you guys are all going to be like, I can't believe that we've got a pastor that does that. This was, it was just a test. You are a, a woodworker. Let's so, start the story this well, way. So I work with wood, like yeah. in different finishes and stuff. Yeah. But also I grew up, I sold paint for several years of my, of my career. My dad <laughs> sold paint. Like I've, I've been around paint and, and paint products my entire life. I didn't know that. Uh, and so I, when I'm, I'm like, first think, okay, I've got something. I had a fever, wicked, wicked bad. Like it was miserable. It was yeah. miserable. But I'm like, I, I don't think I can smell anything. I want to make sure. So I go down to the basement. <laughs> I crack open my my jug of lacquer thinner. <laughs> lacquer thinner, y'all. You know what that which, smells like. Which if you've never smelled, it's it's a pretty strong. It's noxious. It's, pretty it's a noxious fume. <laughs> See, I've always, this is like, oh. this, this people maybe judge me a little bit. I've actually always enjoyed it. Like when I would go as a kid with my dad to the paint store. I loved it. Like mm. every now and then he'd take me along on a Saturday. And he'd give out. me like, sure. know, hey, go like run the carpet sweeper on the front sure. section. You That's know, cool. it was awesome. It was awesome. But he would use lacquer thinner to clean the counters at the end of the shift. Because hmm. I mean, it gets- it take the paint right it, off. It gets everything sure, right sure. off the counter. Yeah, so, yeah. so for me, there's actually a, a comfort in that smell, but it's strong. But it's you strong. crack the lid on so this. I, I, I cracked the lid on, you know- <laughs> Big old whiff. Big old whiff. Nothing. Nothing. I'm like, I'm like, Nicole, yeah, I've got COVID. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got COVID. So amazing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anxiety. Ah, uh, well, you were talking there, Josh. I pulled up uh, Matthew six there. And here's what Jesus says. Therefore, I tell you, don't worry about your life. And then he defines what the life is about. He says what you will eat or what you will drink or about your body, what you will wear isn't life more than food? I don't, is it? And the body more than clothing? So right there, I think Jesus is redefining what life is. So we, we define life as the accumulation of possessions and goods. It's not enough to just have a sweatshirt, but to have a sweatshirt that's cool or is other people want it or whatever, or hats or, or pants or whatever you have. But he's saying, isn't it more? than food and clothing. Mm -hmm. He's defining life in a different way. Consider the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns so they'd have no surplus. Yet your heavenly father feeds them. Aren't you worth more than they? Mm. There's another perspective shift, you know, to say that I am a valuable son of God who I can trust him. I can trust that he's going to take care of me. Can any of you add one moment to his lifespan by worrying? Ultimately, the, the, the answer is no. No. The, is no. <laughs> the pursuit of possessions and the pursuit of everything in this worldly life is, I think, is an extension. It's a, it's a hope for eternity outside of God. Mm. I think about that, you know, our exercise industry, health and wellness industry is built on this idea uh, that you can live forever. Cryogenics, there's all sorts of different things. Transhumanism. Very, very interesting movement, all rooted deeply in a denial of who God is and an attempt to live eternally. Um, it, it, it's, it's a way to deny that there is a creator and that we'll answer to him one day. And why do you worry about clothes? 
Observe how the wild flowers of the field grow. They don't labor or spin thread. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was adorned like one of these. If that's how God clothes the, the grass of the field, which is here today and thrown into the furnace tomorrow, won't he do much more for you, you of little faith? So don't worry saying, so don't worry in this way, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? For the Gentiles, and this is just a name for the Goyim, the nations, the ethnos, the people who are outside of the covenant people of God, all of us uh, before the cross. For the Gentiles, eagerly seek all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But here's the shift. Here's where the worry and anxiety, I think, is combated the best. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. How's that strike you, Josh? What 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 are you hearing? Well, I mean, so I, I go back to what you had said originally when you talked about it, and, you, and I'm trying to remember your exact wording, but I mean, it tied into the idea of control or so, uh, essentially the sovereignty of yeah. God, right? Mm-hmm. That, And I think that's a key component Gonna just as I'm as I'm kind of wrestling with this, like if if I can come to a place, and again, that's that's just me thinking out loud, right? If I can come to a place where I can sit in the sovereignty of God mm. and like and not just believe it in a theoretical way, like, oh yeah, God is sovereign, but like functionally. Uh, I think uh, Paul David Tripp uses the he he mm. compares like your confessional theology versus functional theology. <laughs> we like we say we believe this, but when when we actually examine the way that we live our lives, we we don't actually. Yeah. So say it, that again. The difference between what? So confessional theology and functional theology. So saying and doing. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Because because I, I like could because I could I could say that I believe that God is sovereign. Right. And that at the end of the day, that God will provide for me. I can say that I believe God is my provider. Mm-hmm. But if at the end of the day, I, I live my life in such a way that it all hinges on me, which we're called to be active participants, yes. right? I mean, yes. Paul talks about that. He said, man, if you don't if you don't work, you don't eat. He's like, hey, do be productive. Do do work. Work is good. Mm-hmm. Work is part of the original design. Yeah, grace is not but, opposed to work. No, no. Yeah. It's just we, just we don't earn our salvation mm-hmm. through any of those things. That's mm-hmm. where it kind of gets teased out. But no, but if we can sit in that place where we actually trust in the in the sovereignty of God, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe that is where that reduction of anxiety comes in, and maybe gratitude ties into that mm-hmm. by reminding us of the ways we've seen God exercise mm. His sovereignty. I don't know. Yeah, so so basically, you're talking about like how the Israelites, God would call them at different junctures, junctions in the in the wilderness. They were called to build these like um, pillars of rocks, memorial stones, these little places where when they saw them, it would remind them mm-hmm. that God was sovereign and that God helped them. All of the feasts, which we've talked about before, all of the feasts of God, Leviticus 23, these are all shadows and types that do the same kind of remembering. Mm-hmm. Right, Passover. You, you know, you, you coupled Passover, uh, the Pesach meal with communion. Um, gosh, Josh, was it two first Wednesdays ago? Yeah, they, or no, was it last? I think it was the last one. Last, it was one. The last one. Yeah, it was oh. the last one. Uh, so I do. I, th- I think what you just we need to sit on that listener viewer. If you're thinking about what Josh said, 
when we begin to settle into or sit into the sovereignty of God, believing that he is in control and that he is our provider, gratefulness probably organically and naturally kind of comes out of our lives. And I think, I think it, it requires though, like, like you go back to Israel, right? Like they had to be told, remember this. And, and they forgot a lot. And they forgot a lot. And that's where they, <laughs> yes. that's where they go off the rails and yes. they get in trouble. Right. Mm-hmm. So it does take intentionality on our part to mm-hmm. actually remember that. That's where, like my wife, she's, she's actually, uh, I don't know what form it will end up taking, but I mean, she's been documenting like hey, over the course of her life, how have I seen God work? And wow. she wants that kind of that written record, you know, even if it's just wow. to be able to share with our kids, mm-hmm. be like, man, here, here are the ways that we've personally mm-hmm. witnessed God working, mm-hmm. you know, over the course of our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, just as that, as that testament to you know, God proving himself true to who he has told us that he is. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if, so if that's something, maybe you need to, you need to start, paying attention right we need to ask for eyes to see the way that god has worked because sometimes i think we have this this preconceived idea about what it looks like mm-hmm. you see this with people that they're like oh like i really want god to, to speak to me i want him to speak to me right um but you have this like this very limited scope on what that will look like and you've so, predefined it so, right so then you 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 say oh he's not i want him to speak to me but he's not speaking to me but but you've got like this tiny little window of how you think that works mm-hmm. when really like God might want to show up in other ways. Maybe he's mm-hmm. he's been like beating on your door for a while and you're just, <laughs> it's mm-hmm. not doesn't look like what you thought it would. So you've you've missed it. So. He's limitless. I think sometimes when we get into that place of worry and anxiety, we're putting God in this box. You know, we're saying to God you know, or predefining it saying, you know, I think you can function and do things this way, but I don't think you're going to come through in this way. Mm. And that's when God begins to just blow our doors off and show us things that we never could have expected. Right. And that's not to minimize, again, if if you're somebody who like struggles with, again, they're they're like clinical, there's like some really severe anxiety. We're not trying to minimize that or say, Ooh, you just have to have more faith. That's not a helpful. Read your Bible more. (laughs) Right. Um, And and there are times where like that can be, it can be a chemical Mm -hmm. imbalance. It can be like, Man, it's it's complicated, um, but maybe somewhere to start. If you're like, man, I really wrestle with anxiety, or I really wrestle with worry or fear, mm-hmm. like these things, maybe a place to at least start and talk to a counselor, faith based, a good faith based yes. counselor. But mm-hmm. also, maybe start to incorporate a discipline of gratitude. Mm-hmm. You know, what are ways that you have seen God work that that again prove to you that God is in control? So. And I think Josh's practice, what he what he mentioned, I, I want to encourage listeners and viewers, um, maybe pick up a cheap dollar general journal and maybe you're not a journaler. I don't journal personally. I do take notes, things that pop in my head, but I don't like typically journal like with mm-hmm. a date and so forth. Personally, it's a good practice. I probably should do it, but pick up a, a you know, a cheap dollar general um, uh, journal and then maybe discipline yourself to say one thing. Just mm-hmm. one thing per day, I'm going to open that and I'm going to write something that I'm grateful for, that I'm thankful for. And I think, um, gosh, I, I've even heard some some scientific studies over time, even people who are not people of faith, it's proven that over time, if you acknowledge and recognize things that you can be grateful for, it begins to shift your mindset. Mm. It begins to to bring your life Start into to reroute some of those neural pathways. Yeah, neural pathways, and you happiness begins 
uh, to, to be greater in the lives of those who are grateful. Mm. Oh, that's good. So yeah. I want to, I want to take that kind of that same concept and I want to mm -hmm. actually re re dig into a conversation that I was having last night with my wife. So mm. I think it's, I think it's related. Maybe it's not. Okay. You can tell me if you're like, dude, that has nothing to do with what we're talking about. <laughs> so my wife and I were talking last night and I'm looking at the timer. So we'll try to keep this brief. Um, we're talking about just like, you know, we're, we're getting a little older, right? I mean, we're not mm -hmm. old. None of us are old, you know, right. by any stretch of the mad age. I'm 39. I'm 43. Yeah, I'm 43, right? And it's, my wife and I were talking about how, you know, like as you get older, like, are there some things like, hey, you just, you know what? Your body hurts more. As, yeah. As you, as you get older. Mm -hmm. And we, we were kind of kicking around just ideas and thought like, how do you, how do you embrace something like aging? Mm-hmm. Again, this is where I think I, th I do think there's a there's a component of gratitude to this, which mm -hmm. is why I, I, I think it, in my brain it connects. How do you embrace aging, but not in a way that's kind of fatalistic defeatist. or defeatist, mm -hmm. right? Because you see this, right? I mean, the yeah. number of people, and and I used to work in a hospital, right? And you would have people, and which again, if you're in a hospital bed, probably not your best day ever, probably not mm, your nope. best week ever, right? So you take everything you hear with a grain of salt. Mm -hmm. But the number of of elderly people. Yeah. Who you'd come in, you'd be working through whatever with them, doing their doing their therapy, mm -hmm. and they would say, "Man, don't get old, like it sucks." I hear people say that. I and, say it, and well, and that's my my question is what? So, so like, are you suggesting I die young? Because that doesn't <laughs> that doesn't seem appealing to me. No. Like, I, mean, like, <laughs> I mean, that's I don't think that's the answer. Yeah, but it, but it's kind of this like, and you see some people that accept it. Or, hey, you're gonna get older. Your body's gonna hurt. Mm -hmm. It's it's not great and it's it is it's this fatalistic or defeatist like mm -hmm. yeah i guess it just sucks getting old how do we embrace that do you think in in a way that says yeah as i get older mm -hmm. i will probably hurt more yeah you know your body is is literally like deteriorating it is how do we how do we move into that season right i mean because you and i like over the next 10 20 years we're going to be in our Fifties, sixties, you know, yeah. we're we're gonna be getting up there. Yeah, yeah. How do we move into that season of life mm -hmm. with and and this is probably easy. Those of you in your sixties are like, you guys have no I'm idea. Just about to say that, <laughs> and you're right, we don't because yeah. we haven't been there yet. Not yet. But I'm saying, yeah. are there things we can do now at 39 and 43? Mm -hmm. Practices or disciplines that we can incorporate connected to gratitude. Yeah, that embraces the brokenness mm -hmm. of aging. But not in a super bummer, pessimistic way. Josh, this is something. I'm in my early 40s, so I'm I'm in the I'm in the throes of this kind of thinking, and I do believe that it's deeply connected with gratefulness and thankfulness uh, for the life that we have. You know, a lot of people will say, "Okay, they're in their early 40s. Man, what it would be to be in my 20s again." I'm telling you right now, Josh, I would not go back. Mm. I want to go forward. I was kind of an idiot in my 20s, especially my early 20s. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. I still am, but I think I'm getting better than I was in my 20s, even you're, my 30s. You're growing up a little bit? I think so. But I think of that scripture that Jesus says, unless a seed falls to the ground and dies, there can be no fruit. Mm. So there's no life without death. The very, very fabric and the meaning and the thread of what life means, what it means to exist as a creature of God on earth 
is directly parallel with death. If we don't have death, then life doesn't have the same kind of value. Mm. It doesn't have the same kind of importance. But when death comes, it makes us value the life that we have. So I feel as I'm getting older, knowing more things than I knew the day before, hopefully, hopefully growing in wisdom, um, those, those are, that's what I'm, I'm becoming more grateful and thankful. It's like, Lord, thank you for the life that I have. Uh, and for me, one of those gratefulness practices that just came to me as you were saying it is, uh, I think of that scripture in Psalms where David says, your mercies are new every morning, every morning. Great is your faithfulness, Lord. So one of my practices when I first wake up is to say, literally to say that out loud to the Lord, Lord, you said, <laughs> you said, Lord, that your mercies are mm. new every morning. I, I, I'm accepting and receiving your new mercies today, yesterday. Uh, and sometimes there's confession there. I did this dumb thing, did this dumb thing. There's new mercy. Thank you for your mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. And to say, uh, help me live a cruciformed life. Help me live a life that is patterned after denial. Help me live a life that is about others. Mm. <laughs> you know, uh, so I, Josh, I think definitely what, what are, what did you and Nicole, I mean, we, so we, we never, was your conclusion? We, we didn't come to a conclusion. We okay. literally just started this conversation last night. Okay. Cause, cause I was, I was laying in bed and, and like a week ago, like as I was sitting, it was actually like last week when I was sitting in this chair, like my back was so jacked up. I did mm. something like I sat in a chair wrong and my back, <laughs> and it's like, well, this sucks. Uh, <laughs> But when but, you used to probably be able to sit on the chair, like stand on your head and right, and, and like do like yeah. lounge around, whatever, what's up, yeah. no big deal. Um, yeah. but so then last night we're sitting there and, and we're just talking about like, man, like, yeah, is this are there things that right now frustrate us because like, oh, this hurts, this hurt, like, ooh, what can I do to like f fix this, you know, get out of this place of pain? But what is that place versus, of pain teaching you though? Well, no, but, and that's, and that's yes. what we're trying to say. Well, Hey, but are there, are there things in this? Like, I mean, one, is there a level of acceptance mm -hmm. that, Hey, this is, this is just part of the aging process. Mm -hmm. And, and can I, can I shift my focus to where, again, there's mm -hmm. that acceptance, but not in a bummer kind of way. Yeah. Cause I mean, I don't, you usually see it. And I, and I've, I've, I've heard this reference, right? Like there's like a certain age to where you get. And that kind of determines the the trajectory of, are you going to be like a cranky old person yes. or a nice old person? You know the barometers that I've identified? Listen to this. I do. I want to hear, hear this. Hear this. You tell me, listeners, viewers, you tell me. I think there are two things that you can tell with, with old people as to whether they've lived a grateful and thankful heart. How are is that old person in the presence of children? Hmm. You see, re, you see people in their you know seventies and eighties, and they just when 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 there's a sort of a nasty and dark and just kind of uh, distance from children. Uh, I begin to question and wonder what has happened in their life that their heart has become hard towards children, and also creatures of God. I think when you see older folks who uh, love creatures, love animals, and just love children they love hmm. children i think probably in that person's life there's been a pattern and if you're watching and you struggle with being around kids or struggle with creatures <laughs> don't hear jb saying That's that a, you're a bad person or anything like that like i just kicked the dog i yeah, must be <laughs> no 
No, I, I, it's, it's interesting, but I've seen, and those people, generally people who uh, have those couple of things, they die well, hmm. you know, when that, when it's time for them to go, they die well. And then you hear people when they're, we, we went to a dark place here when people die, they, you, you know, some people struggle, kick and you, you know what I mean? They don't have that hope of what is to come mm-hmm. and the, just the breath of what this life actually is. Mm. Yeah. No. There you go. Hey, if you if you are, we'll ask because honestly, I would I would love to get wisdom from those of you that are older than us, mm-hmm. right? Like if if yeah. you are in that space, you're in your fifties, sixties, seventies, eighties, right? And and you have, in a sense, found the secret mm. to aging well in the sense that hey, With gratefulness, yeah, like you you're still there, man. I think of my I think of my grandma. I, I have one grandparent left living, and and she's one like she's had like different like pains and stuff like arthritis stuff like mm-hmm. that. But like man, Grandma Jolman, she's always, she's always just bubbly and happy. Like mm-hmm. it's it's I don't know I I really ought to sit down and just talk to my grandma. Be like Grandma, what's the secret? Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. How do you how do you do it? So you're hurting, but like you're not cranky, right? Sometimes when I'm hurting, I'm cranky. Oh yeah, same here. So, but it does. I think I think the aging process too. It does make us dependent so you start as a child completely dependent on your parents and you kind of grow towards either interdependence or complete independence um and then as you grow older that codependence or interdependence comes in again um and and uh, you need more help and you need more care um, so I, I think we think about those things too. Mm-hmm. My wife and I are starting to think about grandchildren. Mm-hmm. Like we've got a child that's about ready to get married, uh, in May of 23. And we're, I just cannot wait to be a grandpa. I cannot <laughs> wait. It's going to be wanna, so exciting. You want to spoil the living snot oh, out of your yes. grandkids? <laughs> yes. I cannot wait for that. Um, and it's interesting too, Josh, you, this may be something that as you and Nicole think about this, as you get older, you do start to remember some of the conversations, uh, that you've had with your own parents and stuff starts making a little more sense from their perspective. Well, I, I even, uh, you know, I just mentioned my grandma Joelman, mm-hmm. right? I remember as a kid, my grandpa and grandma Joelman said like, you know, the older you get, the faster the time goes. Mm-hmm. And I, and I remember thinking, grandma grandma like that's ridiculous like it doesn't it doesn't work like that like, right time is time it's right like, like an hour doesn't become less than an hour just because mm-hmm. you're old but it does like it totally works that way so yeah so i've uh i've had to go back and say grandma you were uh you were right and is it because that person is closer to eternity where time becomes be. less relevant as you age, time becomes more relevant in the sense of this existence, but in the existence to come, it becomes less relevant and faster moving because you're coming and you're about ready to, to, what do they call it? The rainbow bridge. You know, you're the ready to rainbow bridge. You've never heard of that no. crossing the rainbow bridge. Sounds like something out of a pink Floyd song. Probably is <laughs> probably, probably is, but yeah, no, that's like a, a euphemism for, for uh, particularly, I think it's pets passing. I think huh. that's part of it. So, yeah, it, very interesting. Very Rainbow interesting. Rainbow Bridge. Yeah, crossing the Rainbow Bridge. Yeah, I've never heard of that. <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah. There you go. Well, how yeah. long? We, oh, we're at, yeah, we're at about 47 minutes. We, so. We've been talking for a little bit. Okay, cool. Yeah. So uh, this is one that, again, we haven't we haven't totally figured out, but 
Uh, no. Maybe there's something to gratitude. Scripture seems to indicate mm-hmm. <laughs> there is something to gratitude and worry, remember, and remembering the things that God has done, mm-hmm. right? Um, and how people get off track when they don't remember the things that God has done. Mm-hmm. So maybe whatever that looks like for you, uh, start to incorporate some gratitude, uh, even if it's a challenge. Again, for me, it's a challenge, but it's mm-hmm. like no, like hey, I'm, I want to do this. I've got to, I've got to shift my my thinking and and try to be more grateful. So. Let's put a challenge out there. Listeners, uh, those listening to the podcast, um, of course, we always want you to like and share this podcast, but when you share this audio podcast or even the video podcast, you know, you push the share button, the little arrow on Facebook, and you've got this ability at the top. Why don't you, as a listener viewer, when you share the podcast, put what you're grateful for right at the very top. I'm grateful for whatever it might be as you share the podcast. And it really is important when you like and share uh, radiant reflections, it helps us know that we're being good stewards of our time, helps us know that we're impacting the kingdom because that's what Josh and I want to do as pastors, uh, just like you. And uh, thanks to all those. Again, we just continue to have uh, feedback from folks at our church Mm -hmm. coming and talking to us, um, watching and viewing. If you're on YouTube, give us that thumbs up um, and maybe drop a comment. Uh, And definitely one of the best ways is to subscribe. I know I only listen to the podcast. I only watch the YouTube channels that I'm subscribed to, at least on a regular basis. So what are are some other things that they can do uh, to help us with Radiant Reflections, Josh? Uh, I mean, again, word of mouth, you know, talking about it, sharing it on your social media. You you already hit on that stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Review, share, subscribe, rate, review, right? Like you got, you probably got the option to give us anywhere from one to five stars. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you like it and you think it's worth five stars, throw a five-star rating on there because that helps with the algorithm, which we never did any hear about anyone talking about algorithms versus logarithms. No, we need we, to get we Sean that out there to help us. last week, but uh, I haven't heard from anybody yet. I haven't so. either. Well, we'll say to you too this week because uh, it's it's Monday uh, before Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody! Yes. Hope you have a, a great time with your families. Maybe uh, share this podcast about gratefulness uh, with your Thanksgiving friends that uh, you'll be and, having, and have a conversation as you if yeah. you gather around mm-hmm. a table with family yeah. or friends. Uh, what does it look like for you guys to live into a discipline mm-hmm. of gratefulness? Yeah. And hey. For those of you that have uh, elderly parents or grandparents, have a conversation. Spend some time. How have they, how have they aged well? Mm. And then uh, share their secrets with us. <laughs> we want to know. We want to know. We're trying to learn and grow. So yeah. cool. Well, hey, we'll see you guys next time. I uh, hope you enjoyed this episode. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless. Thanks for listening to Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. We hope today's edition of Radiant Reflections has helped you live like Jesus and share his love with your family, friends, and neighbors. To learn more about the church family this podcast originates from, check out theradiantlife.church. That's theradiantlife.church. Maybe you have some questions after listening today. We'd love to hear from you. Send an email to podcast at theradiantlife.church. That's podcast at theradiantlife.church. Don't forget to subscribe to the Radiant Reflections podcast. When you subscribe, you'll always have the latest content delivered right to your phone from the Radiant Life Church. We'd also be grateful if you could rate and review Radiant Reflections. Every time we receive a five-star review, more people learn about this podcast. We also want to encourage you to share this podcast on social media and with your friends and family. 
Join us next time for another edition of Radiant Reflections.